Rank Draft Trade. Welcome back to the Rank Draft Trade podcast. I'm your hostess, Gina Noble. You can find me on the app formerly known as Twitter at NobleG underscore FF. And of course, my fantasy co-host and fantasy brain here because we're rolling with the Nick and Noble show for the third consecutive episode. And that is Nick James, also known as Iowa in the NFL on X. X. (laughs) Hello, hello. So week three is in the books. And wow, you know, I say it every year that fantasy football first couple of weeks always starts out as like a circus. I mean, you just don't know what you're going to get. The injuries always seem to be so prevalent at the beginning of the season. Such big names that, you know, go down and just destroy your fantasy teams. Tight ends, with the exception of a couple, have just been a hot mess in the NFL for fantasy this year. But names from absolutely nowhere coming in and, and just running away with the, the fantasy football show. But this season, I think, takes the cake so far. Yeah. When I don't think it can get any crazier, it gets crazier. Wild. <laughs> Stressful. Like the other day, I actually had to put my phone down because I'm like, I cannot control the outcome. I'm just going to put my phone down. I'm going to walk away. I went to my happy place watching crafting videos because the stress was (laughs) always getting to me. That's the beauty of having tons of leagues where you basically have some of everybody. You just hope for good games and lots of scores and players you don't roster to not do anything, which becomes a small number of players once you get to a certain volume of leagues. So far, uh, I'm going to brag on my Scott Fish team a little bit. <laughs> so I have moved up in the leaderboard. I am 6-0. and So I am currently one of the, I think it's 314 undefeated teams. So yeah, so I'm still undefeated. Oh man, I'm crossing my fingers because like my season couldn't have started out any more opposite last year. And I was like, oh my God, I'm terrible. So I am very grateful that this year has been a complete complete 180 from last year. I have moved up into the 42nd position. So I'm top 50 out of over 3,000 teams. So I'm pretty proud of that right now. It's gotten better each week. It has. And I'm just like, I'm like in the corner of the room, like shaking, hoping that the wheels don't start falling off. But poor Craig has his Scott Fishbowl team and he hasn't been as fortunate. (laughs) We compare notes, right? And so, like, every player I feel like that gets injured or something horrible happens or he just isn't playing well. He's like, I got him on my Scott Fish team, you know? And then every player that is randomly blowing up, I'm like, oh, I have him in Scott Fish. And he's like, of course you freaking do. Mm -hmm. Like Sam Laporta. Sam Laporta. Puka. Amon Ra. Amon Ra. I have Tua, who has just been, like, on fire amazing. I have been incredibly lucky to have the team I do right now. Now, it is only week three, and we all know that this can change in the drop of a hat at any point in time. I am riding that wave right now. So, in today's episode, we are going to just talk through different players who have broke out, different players who are just kind of fun to talk about right now. Now, 
maybe players that you didn't see coming. And one of my most favorite things about this season so far, I think, is there is so many late round, I guess you could call them dart throws, who are literally league winners this year. And I think that that is really cool. Well, they might be league winners. Uh, several of them are weeks one through three winners at the very least. Like pretty much oh, any, any dolphin. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's what happens when you get 10 touchdowns to divvy up during a game. Ugh. If only Gaskin was there. Oh my God. I feel like poor Miles just needed to this one last season to at least also ride the wave. Haha, <laughs> pun intended. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, ran out of Miles. <laughs> yes, he did. And um, can we pour out a beer for him right now? Because he did get cut from the Vikings today. And I just, can we have a moment of silence? Why did they cut him? Other than, obviously, but why did they cut him? I don't know. Because they're not smart. I don't know. They traded for Cam Akers. Oh, Cam Akers. I know, right? Well, my boy gets a a new chance. And they really paid for him, too. They swapped late picks. So. (laughs) (laughs) They're really putting some stock in on Cam Akers. They'd be like, how about you give us this for Cam Akers? Like, how about we take him for free? They're like, yeah, all right. I feel like they already had that much skill with Miles Gaskin, and he was basically free. So I don't know what they're doing there. So, like, you look at the box score, it looks like Madison did pretty decent. Yeah, actually, it was encouraging. I do want to say, poor Madison had some pretty tough matchups week one and two. So I was really curious. This was a much better matchup for him this week. If he doesn't put up some numbers this week, I think we need to start to panic. So it was encouraging to see him do well, put up a respectable amount of fantasy points this week. So I think you can sleep a little easier at night that, you know, Madison more or less being probably RB2 on your team may pay off in the end. It could. It'll be Cam Akers next week. And Madison this week, while he did rack up some points, he had some drops and there was an almost fumble that got overturned and whatnot. Mm, it's murky. But he's better than Kyron Williams and Kyron Williams is playing over Cam Akers, but who knows? Yeah, that's going to turn into a backfield that I just don't know that I want to have the guessing game every week. Yeah, Ty Chandler slides down a little bit. Dwayne McBride, who's been on practice squads, becomes almost unimportant now. And then Gaskin gets pushed off the end there. I'm choosing peace today. (laughs) (laughs) Miles, if you're out there, I'm still your biggest fan. I wouldn't doubt it. I believe in you. I believe in you. I do want to discuss a running back who is a second string running back who we cannot deny had a massive, massive game. And I'm hoping I'm going to say his name right because I know that he made a point of saying how he wanted it to be pronounced. And I do believe, let me let me try this and then correct me if I'm wrong. Davon A-Chan. It's like, I don't want it to be A-Chain. I want it to be... A space C H A N. So is that Chan? Chan. It was. It was very Chan. confusing. I was actually left more confused after the clarification post. Like I feel like it should have been one of those things where you could press the button <laughs> and hear him say yeah, it. Yeah. Can I get the audio, please? Thank you. I need to hear his mom say his name. <laughs> yeah. Hello, can Mrs. A Chan? Can you tune in and let us know how baby boy should be spoken? So I'm going Devon Achan. It was also, he also specified the Devon part. Devon. Didn't he? Is what I think. Devon. But then again, I've been wrong all summer.
summer, so I probably wouldn't trust me either. Okay, so our disclaimer on the Rank Draft Trade Podcast is we are never, ever going to say that we're going to get 100% of the names 100% right. 60% of the time, it works 100% of the time. And if we mess up, please don't take offense to it. We we just really aren't that smart at <laughs> pronunciations. Uh, yeah, busted. So, speaking of Mr. A-Chan... <laughs> He freaking crushed it. Let's give an honorable mention to Raheem Mostert, Uh who has really been doing fantastic and has been, what, RB1? Currently sitting at RB1 via average points per game, Raheem Mostert. Late round. I mean, where were you choosing? Where was Mostert going? I know you're a stats Mm -hmm. guy. You probably have this sitting right in front of you. Where was Mostert? Where was his average draft pick? It was late. And Samaritan, who also got into one of the satellites for Scott Fishbowl sent a message saying thank you for some of the choices on the late round darts he had asked me during while he was drafting or whatever because several of them did very well especially initially and one of those was Raheem Mostert and it was one of those where it's taken after the starters I described it as one of the latest guys you can take who are going to have immediate at least be on the field immediately can you hear her squeaking her toy I do I do you could hear that okay okay she stopped but if she keeps going, then I'll go out there and yell at her. <laughs> Annie! Annie, keep it down! <laughs> Do you think she's scared? Oh, I am. The listeners probably are. <laughs> <laughs> So let's see. Mozart is their lead. Ahmed was RB2, but he's injured currently. Jeff Wilson out on IR should be coming back pretty soon, right? Potentially, eventually. Potentially, eventually. Okay. <laughs> so we're looking at Achan being somewhere in what, third string. And then when Jeff Wilson comes back, he probably moves into second. I don't, what's going on with Ahmed? I mean, do we think this moves Achan up in the pecking order? I mean, I think Mozart stays RB1, but I mean, wow, yeah. what a game. So two of the top three running backs by average would include Devon Chain or a Chan or Jackie Chan or... <laughs> <laughs> Is he a chain? Is he a plane? Is he a... Mm. Okay, never mind. Chan, chan, I don't know. chan. <laughs> hey, wait, that was supposed to be me. Yeah. I'm the one who does the songs. I'm rubbing off on you. Yeah, careful about that, too. <laughs> that was good. That was good. <laughs> Are you picking him up? Are you? I mean, HN, HN is on waivers probably. He's only rostered in 46% of the leagues. Probably you're looking at redraft, I'm guessing, because it's, you know, near 100% of Dynasty, of course. He's a late first in Dynasty. Um, as far as redraft, a lot of these have short benches, so sure. A lot of the guys that are hurt initially, like he came into the season dinged and didn't play initially, getting acclimated well, boom. They now have a, a good quarterback, Tyreek Hill, incredibly explosive. Oh, Jalen Waddle, who's been hurt, incredibly explosive. Uh, Most dirt, explosive. Oh, I guess what Jackie Chan is, too. Jackie Chan. <laughs> okay, well, he's Jackie Chan to the Rank Draft Train Podcast. <laughs> If I'm gonna be wrong, I'm gonna be funny about it, I guess. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna get some hate mail from Mr. A Chan mm-hmm. about that. <laughs> There's gonna be a Twitter post. Mm-hmm. Just kicking around names like Jackie Chan. Yes. 
That, what a breakout game. Now, granted, I mean, they score, they outscored Denver 70 to, to 20. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that was kind of a freak of nature game. That doesn't happen every day. What was it? The second highest scoring game in the history of the NFL? Mm-hmm. It could have been the highest if they kicked a field goal at the end, but they didn't. Aww. So they like did the right thing where they didn't run up the score and score 73. Instead, they only scored 70. <laughs> How respectful. <laughs> I think I would have just kicked the field goal and called it a day and been like, I'm sorry. We were at that point, we were that close to the record we were taking. Yeah, it's, just yeah. being nice to you left and was out the window 30 points ago. Yeah. Right. So, okay, moving on. Um, I'm going to, we've, I have mentioned his name over and over and over, but Sam Laporta. Mm. So, Sam Laporta had one heck of a game. He did get his first touchdown. I have said for from the beginning that I felt like Laporta was going to be a force to be reckoned with. Ricky tight ends. Squeaky. Squeaky. (laughs) Annie. Squeaky. Why does she choose to get the squeaky toy right outside of the door? Come on. Trying to get mom's attention. Mommy, you're not paying attention to me. Listen, I'm (laughs) crushing it here with this toy. For real. I'm like, you have to pick the squeaky toy too. It's better than a dead bird. This is true. I mean, absolutely. (laughs) I brought you something. (laughs) My cat used to do that actually. And I'm like, uh, that's disgusting. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I left the best parts for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There was like a kidney and a brain, but <laughs> so Sam Laporta, I have said it from the beginning. He's going to be great. People are very nervous to take rookie tight ends because historically rookie tight ends don't typically prime for a couple of years, but he has stepped into that role and he has been a fantasy starter for the first three weeks. I mean, I guess you can call it as breakout game, although I feel like weeks one and weeks two could could quantify as a breakout. But he just continues to get better every week. And I love him. And I, I wished going back, I do have a regret. I do wish that I just followed my gut on him a little more. I bypassed him in so many leagues because it's just not typical to grab a tight end in the position that I would have been taking him and I passed him over and now I wish I could go back and take him everywhere he was. I think everyone else who took like Dalton Kincaid feels the same way. It was kind of crazy to think it when we talked about it in the offseason right after the draft. It's like, you know, Dalton Kincaid isn't even my tight end one. It's probably a tie with him and Sam Laporta and then Michael Mayer or whatever. With Sam Laporta, you're right, rookie doing something initially, you you really would have had to pay a second unless you foolishly drafted him in the middle of like a first round or something even if uh, he's doing well these couple weeks. That's just, that's just silly. <laughs> would you rather have him or Kyle Pitts? Oh my god, I would rather <laughs> have Hayden Hurst than Kyle Pitts. <laughs> it, chances are I do have Hayden Hurst, so that's not really saying much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wouldn't trade him for Pitts. <laughs> Gosh, no. Yeah, so Laporta is... Oh, and by the way, I have him in Scottish. Of course! <laughs> yeah. I don't have a Chan though. I don't have Jackie Chan. Mm. So yeah, so Sam Laporta, another one of my favorites. And I'm going to learn to trust that gut instinct because it's the noble touch. Do you just like him because he was a Hawkeye and he just had no, the I mean, Hawkeye logo on his helmet? I would think that's why you like him. I think that's why everyone <laughs> should. <laughs> 
Iowa has bred fantastic tight ends. If you have a tight end with some athletic talent that looks to be in a good position, he's coming out of Iowa? Absolutely, I would say at this point, it's safe to bet on that tight end. Mm, Just stamp it approved and move on to the next one. Absolutely. I'm willing to take more of a chance and a gamble on him than other. Another interesting player, a rookie player who is making a little bit of a statement in the fantasy world is somebody who was wide receiver nine and wide receiver 12 in the past two weeks. And that is Marvin Mims. Mm, uh, I I thought you were going to say Tank Dell, but we can definitely get to him too. I'm getting to him. Don't be. Okay. I know. I love it. I love it with Marvin Mims. Uh, Sutton had a good game, but he fumbled a couple times or whatever. But, you know, just getting absolutely spanked. Yeah. Mims, like he's sneaky in kick return leagues Mm. too with that kick return touchdown. So, like the keeper league you're in with me includes kick return yards. So, he's a little extra valuable there. A little extra. At least that's what he's doing right now. He's a payoff guy, right? So, he is definitely going to be a later. I mean, where was he being drafted in rookie drafts? Late second. Okay. Uh, he, I got him in an early third in a couple of the drafts earlier in the offseason. Yeah. So a so little bit of a dart throw there that may be really looking pretty good on your, probably in your bench. Although if you're desperate, you're maybe in your larger leagues where there's just, you're playing less top players week after week. You may have decided, you know what? There's been enough weeks that you've put up enough fantasy points that I'm giving you a start. This is the one wide receiver that Sean Payton picked here. And it's like, like, all right, here's our first pick. Let's go get Marvin Mims. And you already had Judy and Sutton. So that was really the biggest knock on him going into the season is, yeah, he could be good, but he obviously has Judy and Sutton ahead of him. Well, Judy gets Mm -hmm. hurt, Sutton making mistakes, Mims in whatever opportunities he's gotten, including kick returns, making big splash plays. So the arrow's still still pointing up for Mims. Closer to the season, all of a sudden, Mims was more like an early second instead of a late second. Mm -hmm. But this was dealing with the Judy hamstring and all that that made Mims a little bit more valuable right before the season started, but he's on a, a path up and up right now. And I and I do want to reiterate you mentioned Sutton. Sutton's been an incredibly frustrating player because you want so bad for him to have that season and he just hasn't quite had that season, so it was nice to see him have some fantasy value. Now, obviously, the Broncos had a really rough go of it, but in the fantasy world, Sometimes you want those teams that are behind because they're they got to throw the ball. It kind of seems like with that defense, they might be in that position pretty frequently. Yeah. Granted, if you're a Broncos fan, you you hate it. But if you're trying to win in your fantasy teams, having having an offense that needs to just keep throwing the ball because they're playing from behind is a positive on your fantasy roster. Yep. And uh, they're going to be playing against the Bears, so it's going to be a battle of who sucks more. Oh God, it's going to be the battle of the suck. <laughs> So bad. So you just mentioned him. Let's move on to Tank Dell. Mm-hmm. Another rookie who is just crushing it. So he has great rapport so far with CJ Stroud. He has had a touchdown in the last two games. That's another one that you are likely moving into your starting position at this point. He, I think, has proven himself to be a starter. Yeah, not the biggest fan. I did actually not a fan really at all. You're not. 5'8 and slow. But it has worked out. Like, you look at his plays, it's like, wow, there's no one within eight yards of him. He catches it and walks it into the end zone. He's so good. You know? Yeah. <laughs> So 
he's in the right place at the right time. <laughs> I was talking back and forth with someone and they're saying, well, you know, Stroud asked for Tank Dell, wanted Tank Dell. So there's that little connection there, and which my response, of course, was Mahomes asked for Clyde Edwards Hilaire. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if it really matters. They're there, they're not the coach. <laughs> but it has worked out well so far. So uh, uh -huh. whether it means anything or not by that actually happening, it has actually worked out. So for what it's worth, Tank Dell definitely worth more than he was in the offseason. Definitely worth more than I would have given him credit for at any point. And yeah, I still like Nico Collins a lot better. Yeah, Nico had less of an impact this week, but he's been rock solid. And I mean, you're going to have that. You're going to have players that go out there and crush it every week. And then occasionally they're going to have a slow game. So Nico definitely, he was another later round pick, maybe middle draft pick that has really worked out well. I mean, this was the first week he didn't put up, I think, double digit numbers in a fantasy week. It was a recent debate. I'm curious your thoughts. CJ Stroud been doing really well. Thank Dell mm -hmm. has been one of the beneficiaries of that. Mm -hmm. Is Stroud your QB one of this class now? So interesting. That was going to be my next question to you. Ooh. I have it written on my notes. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> we also finished each other's sentences. <laughs> sentences. It oh. was, it was, yeah. <laughs> it was mental telepathy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I actually think CJ Stroud. Well, unfair. Anthony Richardson is injured. So we only have a little bit of Anthony Richardson to really go off of. But so far, CJ Stroud is looking like he might have been the pick the Panthers should have made. Honestly, after right after the draft, we did our little rookie draft for the first pod, right? Mm -hmm. Do you remember how that went? I felt oh, almost bad for picking CJ Stroud three before Anthony Richardson oh. because Bryce Young went second to Papa. Right. But then every rookie draft from that point on, it was Anthony Richardson 1.02 100% of the time and worth right. more than three and four and five. Uh, right. So it's like, eh. yeah. but then Papa and I picked the two quarterbacks other than Anthony Richardson and Anthony Richardson probably maybe clears the concussion protocol this week. So I, I, that's part of the reason why I just wanted to sell all the picks because they were all being valued at what their best case scenario outcome was what you could sell it for and you didn't have to wait and find out if that would actually happen. You could just get full price right. without having to see first. So I sold all of them. Yeah. So I, I don't have any. Hmm, interesting. I see people trying to swap Anthony Richardson for CJ Stroud now. Uh, CJ Stroud hasn't been doing bad. He's had a couple good weeks in a row. Yeah. He's not doing it via rushing on the ground and whatnot. Anthony Richardson, yeah, he was rushing. Boom, concussion. And it's already, mm. you're seeing the downfall of what that style of play might be. Right. I don't have a problem with it. Uh, now, what my take now still is, is you see this hype building around Stroud, like we're even having this conversation now. It's, it's still another great opportunity to sell. sell. Yeah, you can mm -hmm. still sell. I was just going to ask. The days yeah. of where I was pitching trade down to Tua, Tua plus for this rookie QB, Tua plus for that rookie QB, those days are gone. Tua blowing up. I don't think anybody's doing that anymore. Right. But you can still get like Dak Prescott, who's done okay, not terribly or whatever, and then plus something great mm -hmm. and get out of that QB that way. Anytime everybody loves something and they'll pay all the way up to max price of what it's worth to get it because they love it. That's usually a hint that this just might be a sell. You can cash out and count the cheddar. CJ Stroud is having a, a good rookie season, but does this good rookie season equate to future top quarterback 
back performances. His future looks like it's going to be on the Texans for whatever that's worth. Which isn't that exciting. I can't remember a time when it was, to be honest, but... (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, right. So in other words, ride the hype right now into, you know, this probably isn't going to be a quarterback who's getting drafted in the first five picks of of quarterbacks. He's not going to be historically that quarterback that people are picking in the top five picks. Mm -hmm. Trade him for a quarterback who may even be a little better Mm -hmm. in the long run and grab yourself another player with some value. Right. So if somebody has Burrow right now, they're probably pretty frustrated because he's dealing with injuries playing. My guess is that if you fast forward two months and it's the end of the season and we're getting ready for the fantasy playoffs, that no one even remembers the calf anymore. Like it's going to probably be better by the end of the year as long as you can make it. So that person who rosters Burrow is probably frustrated and you put Stroud plus something that he wants in front of his face for... Give me an example of who you might want as a plus something. If I was selling Burrow, I wouldn't do it. But if I was buying Burrow, uh, like, and Barkley. Ooh, too injured. But those are big names. Yeah, but isn't that tempting? You think that's tempting, though? Like, if you have Burrow, you could get Barkley and Stroud. If you're desperate in a win-now situation and you're panicking a little bit, I can see somebody maybe making that trade. I don't know. I Those names are too big, I think, for me, if somebody's trying to get them from me. Yeah. I don't know that I would do it. Recency bias is a killer, because right now it's like, oh, man, I'm frustrated at Brett Burrow. Yeah. And I tried to pick something that I thought would be considerably close, and mm-hmm. there's a possibility you can get a better deal than that. Like, you wanted to get out of one of the top quarterbacks. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know. Can't say Fields, because it's, it's not a good time to sell Fields. So gross You can buy right into now. Fields probably pretty cheap. Again, just like last year. If you want to. Dude, last year in redraft, he was dropped in Superflex leagues. I actually am tempted to drop him in some of my smaller redraft leagues because I just feel like Goff right now is a better option. And Goff is sitting there juicy. Yeah, yeah. And Goff does happen to throw to a couple people that you and I may or may not love. Mm, I know one that I love for sure. I know a couple. A couple of those. Last year, the exact same thing happened with Fields. He was pretty terrible through six weeks, and then from that point on, it was like 20-plus points all the time. So, maybe it changes. Maybe they fire a head coach. Maybe they trade him to the Jets. Maybe something happens. I don't think... He's he's not the best quarterback, and he's getting jerked around from this coordinator, this coach, whatever. So, he doesn't have to be good to be fantasy viable. So, while he's still Mm -hmm. starting somewhere, he's still going to be worth putting in your lineup that's going to be hard to find 24 quarterbacks you want to play more in fields. Uh, Pretty much whatever's going on. So uh, that's something where I'm definitely holding or buying very low. Okay. By the way, Nick doesn't know I made notes because he told me to write down players that I wanted to talk about. And so these are all surprises to him. How am I doing so far? Fantastic. Are you happy with all of these? Yes. These are all the ones everyone's talking about. Okay. Oh, I did good. (laughs) So moving right along. Okay. So this player is a rookie. Hasn't really done a whole lot, but finds himself in a position now that Mike Williams is out for the season. I want to talk about Quentin Johnston. Mm -hmm. So I know I have Quentin Johnston on a couple leagues, and I got to be honest, he's one of those players that when you go into 
waivers, he's that guy that you're like, do I drop him on waivers and pick up somebody who might be putting up a few more numbers? I mean, especially in like redraft leagues and, and whatnot, or leagues that have short benches. So do we think this is going to be Quentin Johnston's moment now that Mike Williams is out? Well, it's pretty much guaranteed he's going to have more of the moment share to himself. At least in the short term, it's probably boosting Josh Palmer, at least until Quentin Johnston becomes completely acclimated. Apparently, at least for the short while, it just means that Keenan Allen is going to get all of Mike Williams' targets added to his normal targets, and he gets to get like 18 catches and 200 yards and blow up like nobody's business at 31 years old. Congratulations. You got Raheem Mostert and Keenan Allen disproving every age curve theory you've ever heard. (laughs) But if you did have Keenan Allen, and I want to say that the person who put up some ridiculous number this week, which was like 379 points in Scott Fish, which just for reference, and I'm sitting in position 42, I had 269 and I was very close. The top three, the top, the top three in my division were all within just a few points of each other. I think the top had 273. It was 271. That was me at 269. Nice. Um, 269 is a ton of points. Okay. The winner of the top score had like 379 or 76 or something. That's just ridiculous. I think he had Keenan Allen on his team. You'd probably have to. I mean, it was crazy. What did you say? He had 18 targets catches. in that one. Oh, catches. Catches. In one game. That is wild. 200 yards. That is crazy. That doesn't happen very often. Crazy. No. Kind of like 700 yards in a game doesn't happen very often, but the Dolphins did it. Dude, I saw him sold for a whole lot of seconds last year. And that's looking Keenan pretty Allen. good right now if you've got Keenan yeah. Allen. Yeah, I mean, I know I know he's 150 years old, but he's good when he's on that field. Anyway, back to Quentin Johnston. Mm-hmm. We got on a Keenan Allen kick there, but Quentin Johnston. Yeah, so, so are you intrigued by him with this Mike Williams injury? Absolutely. And this is exactly what Papa and I were saying, too, in the offseason is like, he's going to need a couple things to happen, but it just seems so likely that Keenan Allen or Mike Williams or both are going to go down, it's, it's going to be his show eventually. Now, he hasn't done very much here in the beginning. Like, Addison's been doing a lot better than Quentin Johnston, and I was willing to take Quentin Johnston over Addison. But it could be something where it gets better and better down the road, or maybe halfway through the season, he starts getting a lot of work and a lot of targets. We, he's, he has a potential for the arrow to point up, and it's at least theoretically pointing up now with Mike Williams out. Though, it's definitely going to boost Josh Palmer, I think, in the short term, too. Yeah, and Josh Palmer is one of those guys who I actually like and I did pick him up on some waivers really early in the season because he was available. He was he was just sitting there and juicy and I'm like, you know, Josh Palmer is one of those guys who quietly ends up having an impact. Mm-hmm. Also quietly having an impact. Another charger and then we can move on. Donald Parham. Tight end eight. <laughs> <laughs> Next. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we're on the same page 
just can write. confirm from the notepad that she brought from the 90s to write her notes on. It is. Mm. And my Zs are aesthetically perfect with cursive. Mm. Don't let Nick tell you otherwise. Yeah, kids don't even know what cursive is now. So a tight end three in week two, a tight end four this week, Donald Parham. What is happening? Uh, I don't know. I guess Chargers. There's a lot of Chargers to be interested in, I guess, nowadays. So Par- Parham and Everett splitting snaps. I mean, it's almost down the middle. I think Everett still has a few more than Parham, mm-hmm. but Parham seems to be the red zone favorite because yes. Everett doesn't have a touchdown. That's yet. what it is. Is like they're throwing at Parham yeah. inside the 20. Yeah, so he's not, it's not that he's getting out there and getting a whole lot of targets or he's he's getting a whole lot of yards. He's just getting a touchdown. Yep, and that's what the state of the tight ends always is at the back end. Mm-hmm. It's the ones right. that get the touchdown that week that get to be on the top 12 list for that week. And then it's the familiar faces that are usually there all the time. Uh, even for the best ones, it hasn't been that great all the time, but still Kittle at least is a tight end one. So, and, uh, you know, Sam Laporta, of course. You know, you can't really complain yeah. when you have all these Hawkeyes that are uh, <laughs> top 12. Yeah, Jawan and Johnson is a good example last season. He has not come through this season, but last season, a lot of people found Jawan and Johnson on their bench going, what is, who's this guy and why is he putting up these numbers? And he was completely touchdown dependent, didn't have a lot of targets, but seemed to find the end zone week after week after week. So perfect example of a tight end that seems to be at least reliable weekly for a touchdown and sometimes that that's if you can get a touchdown out of your tight end week after week after week you're winning in that position yep and you're lucky and you're very lucky you know who's not getting the yards or the touchdowns or the targets that I am just beside myself over and I would like to ask the coach some questions or the offensive coordinator is Goddard Mm. what is happening why I don't understand that one that one he's not even a tight end two right now and he's wide freaking open in the middle of the field but Jalen Hurts is not throwing to him it appears that it's not going to be very consistent though any week he could have eight catches for 108 yards and a touchdown it could easily happen any week I don't know you're probably still rolling him out there and just hoping that it fixes it well why wouldn't you right fixes itself but unless you'd rather roll with like Kylan Granson or something who's scored more per game I mean <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> At this point, I'm starting Parham over Goddard. <laughs> yeah. Going into the season, I had three Hawkeyes in my uh, uh, top 12 and currently sitting three Hawkeyes in the top 12 average points per game. Granted, of course, mine is Dynasty. Unfortunately, Noah Fant doesn't make the cut for tight end two either. He's uh, <laughs> just scored slightly more per game than Goddard. <laughs> I was just going to say, he's got to give Goddard a run for his money. Yeah, 0.1 more per game. I do want to give an honorable mention to those of us who are incredibly frustrated with Friar Muth. He did finally find the end zone, but another tight end that has just been such a bust this year. Yeah, and that tells you how good tight ends are. He scores 7-1 and then 13 at a normal league without tight end premium, and he's the tight end 16 on the season. That's how bad it is, you know? It's so bad. Okay, so Donald Parham, (laughs) yep, that's your tight end three and tight end four for those of you who are looking for maybe something to help you in the tight end position. The good news about this is they suck across the board, right? So like when I'm playing... 
I'm kind of looking across the board and I'm going, okay, like you want to win at each position, right? So you, you want your players, obviously this is going to be like, thank you, Captain Obvious. You want your players to score above your opponent's players. If you both are sucking in the tight end position, it sort of equals each other out. This is a really good strategy. Like you win 100% you. <laughs> of the matchups where you score more than your opponent. No, we'll go on. Thank you. I know. Uh, that's why I wanted to go ahead and reiterate <laughs> that this is a Captain Obvious moment. But, you know, if you have a really bad tight end and it seems like all of these other teams are outscoring you in the tight end position, you got a problem, right? You you need to fix that. Unless you're just crushing it everywhere else that it doesn't matter in your tight end. Everybody sucks in tight end right now. So I'm kind of like trying not to get overly worried about it because I'm like, you know what? Right now, you're lucky to have a tight end that puts up more than like four points on the week. Mm-hmm. Annie! <laughs> what if you had a tight end that could be the number two average on the season and also bring all the Swifties to the Chiefs games? I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> Are, are you jealous of Swifty? No, I now have to dislike Kelsey because I am not a Swifty. Oh, no. And I, yeah. Like, there was a major bump in ratings for girls ages 12 to 49 or something. Uh, yeah, and I think it is incredibly annoying. And I'm like, oh, Kelsey, you make bad life choices. I mean, he's going to be the next topic in her album when they break up. Mm-hmm. They weren't the tightest in the end. Yeah, no. It's going to be the consequences of dating Taylor Swift. That was good. That was good. That was good. That was good. That might be the next album is consequences. Okay, see you next year. Oh my God. Enough about Taylor Swift. I don't want her mucking up our podcast. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I saw her saying that in the box too. Let's mucking go. (laughs) She did actually say that. I was like, ooh. Whatever, Taylor. Yeah, it was a good photo op. Mm -hmm. Moving on swiftly. Oh, yeah. (laughs) This is a guy that you were picking up late, and I was hoping it would pan out. Unfortunately, because he battled some injury, we did not see him. DJ Chark. Yeah, and Mingo got hurt, so it was all of a sudden the Chark and Thielen show. Correct. So Mingo in concussion protocol, and so baby Chark. Baby Chark. Now he's daddy Chark. Daddy Chark. Who's your daddy? <laughs> Mr. Chark. Yeah, so was this like Chark's breakout game with the Panthers? He's due for a few of these games all season long. I don't know necessarily that it's always going to be every game, but maybe every game that Mingo's out, he's probably not a terrible flex play. They're all healthy. If Mingo starts to get more work towards the end of the year, it might be Chark who gets the short end of the stick, but we'll see. But Chark looking like somebody who you got late who, if you had to play him because you've had other injuries and whatnot, he didn't disappoint you at least. Yeah. I mean, maybe a good bye week plug-in too. We got bye weeks that are going to be starting here in what, two weeks? Mm-hmm. So maybe at least it gave you a little hope that you're plugging someone in that can, you know, put up some points. That's the wildest thing so far is like all these all these lineups are like, all right, I got to find somebody to play at RB this week. Oh, I got to find another guy who, I could, who would actually be worth a flex play. It's not even bye weeks yet. No, I know. It's so scary. This is why I had to put my phone down the other day. And 
watch crafting videos <laughs> because I am having anxiety attacks because I'm like, what is happening? Crafting and videos would give me uh, anxiety for sure. Oh, it's amazing. It's such my happy place. Oh my God. Also want to mention DJ Chark was having passes thrown to him by Andy Dalton. Mm. Andy Dalton, obviously with Bryce Young being out mm. and injured on the sidelines, Andy Dalton would have been your best waiver wire pickup in QBs this week. Minshew was one of them, uh, who arguably could be there too, because Anthony Richardson has a clear concussion protocol. Well, there was um, the Cincinnati backup that I went through and picked up because I have a lot of Joe Burrow. Jake Browning. Oh, no, it was the other one. Uh, AJ McCarron. McCarron. Because mm-hmm. I think McCarron actually would have been the go-to over Browning. So he just got signed, so he hasn't even practiced with the squad yet. So I figured Throw him in there. that if, if Burrow there. didn't play, then it probably would have been Browning this week. But future okay. weeks, it was going to be, a, it's probably going to be AJ McCarron because he did well in like the XFL or whatever. So yeah, he has more experience. Yeah. Former Bengal. So uh, he could come back yeah. and he could be okay. Burrow played. He toughed it out. Got to hope that yeah. it's as good or better, at least for the short while. And then you get to the end of the season and it's like a distant memory when he had a calf thing going on. So yeah, Jake Browning, not someone I'm, I'm picking up anymore. But yeah, Dalton no. was one of my favorite cuff QBs this offseason. And he's already getting some work with Bryce Young's ankle being a deal. So real quick, this is just purely opinion not really fantasy related. Do you think they should not have been playing Burrow and they should have let him heal up? Uh, there was like this weird video where it's like the owner comes out, picks up Burrow on the cart, takes him on a little short little trip, has a conversation. Burrow gets off the cart and he doesn't look happy. I thought that meant Burrow wasn't going to play and he wasn't going to be happy about it. And then there was even like a little rumor where it's like Burrow might even like go on IR and recover from this, blah, 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 blah. And then he played. So I guess it's it's not that bad. It's probably just like a pain tolerance issue or something, but it's probably going to be a shell of what Burrow will be by the end of the season, if I had to guess. And do you think they're going to ride out Andy Dalton a little longer, even if Bryce Young could arguably come back? Do you think they're going to ride out Andy Dalton just a little while to maybe give Bryce Young some experience to watch? It's an interesting thought because Dalton did just fine. So if Dalton's doing just fine, do you really want to rush back this QB that you just Mm -mm. drafted? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe just take your time, get all the way back and healthy, and then we'll put you in because Dalton's doing just fine in your absence. So possibly, but at the same time, he as soon as he's healthy enough to play, he's probably going to want to play, and they're probably going to play him. So uh, we'll see. But at least we got a week or two of Dalton, and then a potential Dalton down the road has already proved that he'd be an okay start. Would he be given the opportunity? Yeah. All right. So the last one I have on my list, and it's merely out of I just think he needs to be mentioned um, because we touched on everybody else, and you stole a couple of mine. But I'm glad we were on the same page because that means I'm doing I'm doing my job right. Mm -hmm. The last one I want to talk about is somebody who I have nicknamed Mr. Dependable. Mm. And do you have any idea who that person is? Uh, Sounds like a great guy. He is a great guy, (laughs) and he's a great guy to have on your fantasy team. Even though I feel like people think he's a yucky pick year after year after year. Like he's just not like a super exciting pick. And I feel like he is overlooked and his value of where you pick him, you always get a good value. If you had to guess, who do you 
think is one of the most consistently dependable fantasy wide receivers. Mm, so it's wide receiver too, huh? It's a wide receiver. Like think about somebody who might not be overly exciting, but every single year he finds a way to be consistent and dependable. When you say every single year, that implies that this is probably more than two years. So it probably isn't a rookie. More than two years. Or it probably isn't a sophomore. Not a rookie. It's going to have to no. be someone a little older. Uh, yeah. If it isn't, I mean, Tyree Kill, who's the number one, that would be uh, something no, fair. I mean, of course, if you can get Tyree <laughs> Kill. This is a value pick. Oh. This is a value uh, pick. I don't know. Do you, would you consider Adams a value pick because he's done just fine and it's been that way for years and I still have kind of, yeah, for years? No, because Adams is still going way above this guy. Maybe I shouldn't say way, but definitely above this guy. Um. Dun, dun. I'm going to need more hints. He wears red. Hmm. I would pay a buccaneer. Oh, Marquise Brown. Oh, well, okay. Marquise Brown has been doing a fairly consistent. Lot surprising for the Cardinals. But uh, you probably hate Godwin, but then you love Mike Evans because he's perennially underrated and constantly does well and has still continued to do well. I almost said Baker Mayfield before you specified wide receivers just to be funny. Oh, you know I love (laughs) Baker Mayfield. But no, 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 no. That's not Mr. Dependable. But has been dependable this season. Mike Evans. So Mike Evans is 100% just Mr. Dependable. And I do have him on my Scott Fishbowl Mm. team. And week after week after week, that guy finds a way every year to have at least a thousand yards, receiving yards. He's just good. He is quietly understated. Is Is that the term? Like you don't want to like him, but you're stupid if you don't. He's undervalued all the time time and oh it so basically always has been i mean not quite as old as keenan allen right and he doesn't go out there and put 50 points a game up and he doesn't have ridiculous amounts of targets but he has consistency every game every year and he's qb proof apparently yeah now godwin we can talk about him and it isn't going to be mr consistent because i am very angry at godwin this year but evans if you chose evans which funny godwin would have been chosen over Evans, Mm. but Evans totally should have been chosen Mm. over Godwin. When Evans retires in a year or two, Godwin will still have two or three years left, which would probably be the argument for Dynasty, but yep, you're absolutely right. Yeah. That is all I have. You can look at my 1989 Mm -hmm. written out list. It is not on a fancy iPad screen. Well, I I appreciate (laughs) you taking the time to prep. It was obvious that you were, uh, you know, had your thoughts collected, like you had your feather, you had your ink to dip it in so that you could inscribe (laughs) something to bring to the podcast. So I just want to tell you that you did a fantastic job today. Thank you. Are you, you're happy with all of my picks? Is there anybody that you, did I miss anybody? Oh, Puka! Puka! We can't get out of this show without talking about at least... (laughs) Poo-hoo. Puka! I, you know what? I didn't even, we talked about him pre-show and then I didn't write him on my mm. list. I mean, came into week three as having the most targets. yards received. Most targets. Well, maybe that too, but targets for sure. Yeah, most targets for a rookie or in total? Yeah, like, the most targets in the NFL. Yeah, the most catches for a rookie in their first two games. And it was something like even if he got zero catches in week three, he still would have had the most catches for a rookie through three games or something like that. So Puka, pleasant surprise, the new Robert Woods. When Cup comes back, we'll see if Puka is still quite as fantastic. I mean, like, it's obvious that Stafford just locks onto somebody and then throws to them a ton. 
ton. Be it maybe it's matchup, maybe it's preference or whatever, but he, he seems to have guys. Like that's what made Cup so amazing. I think Cup comes back right away at week five because he almost maybe could have come back, sit a little bit, and then they put him on uh, pup. So four weeks to get completely healthy, and then he'll be back week five is what I'm thinking. If you can sell Puka for the world, you probably should have done it last week, but you probably still can for most people. As soon as Cup comes back, it probably won't be the same thing. But it's like a hamstring thing that's been injured twice already this offseason with Cup. He could go right back to hurt, and then Puka mm -hmm. goes right back to valuable. So he's just going to be one of those value guys that was a pleasant surprise. Him and Tank Dell, late round rookie picks who are already blowing up. So I, I also want to give an honorable mention to Tutu Atwell because he has been, both Puka and Tutu have really been consistently very um, good fantasy players on your your teams. So you think Puka will be the player that takes the hit when Cup comes back? Or do you, and you think Tutu will, do you think Tutu will be okay? Or do you think they both take a hit? Well, I mean, like Cup and Woods both had value at the same time. Mm -hmm. So if he's the Woods role, he can still have value. Will it be leading the NFL in targets when Cup's next to him? I'm guessing that just is almost certainly not going to be what's going to happen. And that's what's happened mm -hmm. so far. So it's obviously going to compress that some, but I don't think it necessarily means that he's not going to be valuable when Cup comes back. I think it's still going to be valuable. It just will kind of scrape some of the icing off the top of the cake with Puka. Yeah. So, and I, I'm going to go ahead and give you the noble touch. <laughs> I should trust it. You should trust it. <laughs> um, while I, I really, really like Cooper Cup and he is a fantastic, talented player. I do worry about his injury. I just am not convinced that we are going to see Cooper Cup come back like we want to see Cooper Cup come back. So I think be patient. And we talk about Dynasty. Obviously, when we do this podcast, we throw redraft in there. From a Dynasty standpoint, right? Having Tutu and Puka are great because Cooper Cup isn't going to last forever. So those are absolutely the guys you want, especially Puka being so young. It's clear and evident he's going to have a role. So, you know, just be patient. Like, you got a bonus that you've been able to use him as soon as you did. But I just am not convinced we're going to see a fully healthy Cooper Cup return to action for an extended period of time. Yep. So there's a lot of paths where it could end up at the end of the season. Puka's still one of the best, better players to play this year at the during the playoffs. So, yeah, Puka's just going to yeah. be one of those guys that was underdrafted in the NFL draft who ended up being a lot better, be it usage or talent or some combination of the two. So. All right. Well, I feel like I get an A plus for my homework. Yep, you got a you got an N plus. N plus for Nick and Noble. Oh, Nick and Noble. It's like, what's the N for? <laughs> <laughs> I never got an N before. <laughs> Not sure. <laughs> I know. I was like, is that like nasty? Yes, yes. Yeah, you, you, you were uh, even better. Nasty plus. Nasty plus. All right. Well, that does it for this episode of the Nick and Noble Show on the Ranked Draft Trade Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. I I love this. I love just talking through these players and just sort of going back and forth on, on our thoughts and opinions. And it, those dart throws are fun to talk about, especially when they're, they're actually coming through for you. Who knows what it's going to be on the next episode. We'll come up with something fun. It may be Nick and Noble again. Get excited. Mm. Hopefully we get hopefully we get Mike back sometime in the near future. But until then, we are holding... Come back, Mike. I know, Mike. Save Nick, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Help me. But in the meantime, we're holding down the 
support. We hope we made all of your fantasy dreams come true and live long and prosper. Is that what I say? You're not Spock. We say peace, love, and prosper in these parts. Peace, love, and prosper. I was like, that sounds too right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Peace, love, and prosper. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure you follow us on the app formerly known as Twitter. Make sure you subscribe to our channel so you never miss an episode. And have a wonderful night. You're so good at this. Doing my best. <laughs>